good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, before we get started, I had uh, several phone calls uh, yesterday evening, and uh, so uh, if y'all would, y'all keep uh, J.B. Brown in prayer. He was getting out of bed the other morning, and he failed, and he busted his mouth, and plus he's kind of bunged himself up a little bit, and that's why they're not here today. Martha called me and uh, talked to me about it, and uh, Jim Fuller, he had a I think it was his cousin pass away, and they're doing their funeral service today. So they're uh, taking care of uh, a loved one, and uh, we've got a number of people that are still out sick. Uh, so y'all just keep the church in prayer. Let's see if we can't get everybody back. It's uh, it's been a long trial here. I mean, a lot of it is still due to the COVID, and people don't want to get out and and everything. So. Uh, but y'all keep these people in prayer. Y'all be sure to keep uh, Jerry Bowen in prayer. You know, ever since this COVID deal, uh, he has not been out of the house. He has been home. He will not get out. He will not get out in public or anything else. And uh, you can't really blame Jerry because he's in his last stages of COPD. And uh, he can't afford to uh, get all this mess. So he just stays in the house and... Uh, I know he's got to be tired of that, but y'all keep them in prayer and uh, just let, let's just see if we can't get everybody back. And uh, but anyway, uh, I want to thank the kids for coming up this morning. I thought there would actually be more wanting to sing, but you don't, you don't. And uh, but thank y'all that came up and, and, and sung with us. And uh, but this morning, I'd just like to bring you a short message and. Uh, I've entitled it, Failure Does Not Have to Be Final. You know, every one of us, at one time or another, we have failed Christ. We have done things in our life that uh, we're ashamed of. We wish we hadn't have done, but we did. And many people hold on to that, thinking, he won't, he won't let me come back. I made a mistake. That's not Jesus. Jesus will take you back in a second. I'm going to look at a man this morning for a few minutes that uh, he made a big mistake. He didn't think he would do it. He never dreamed that he would go against his Lord. You know, and it said that uh, he denied him. There was times it said he even cursed him. Whenever people would bring it up, hey, I know that guy. He was one of those Jesus uh, disciples. And Peter would just flat out, I don't even know that man. I don't know who he is. And they said it even got so bad that, 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 that uh, Peter even cursed the Lord because he got so angry at people trying to say that he was one of Jesus' disciples, in which he was, but he didn't want to admit it. You know, and I hate to say it, but there's a lot of people here today out in this world in churches that will not say, I'm a Christian. They will not admit that they belong to Jesus Christ because of what other people might say or think about them. I tell you what, you better be more concerned about what God thinks than what people think. Because there's one day you will stand before God. 
You don't have to worry about standing before men. But you better think about standing before God. You know, and God is such a loving God. He has given us all kinds of chances and all kinds of opportunities to come to Him, to serve Him. And uh, we need to take those opportunities. Whether you've messed up or not, Jesus is ready to forgive your mistake. You know, Jesus, He went through a lot of things here on this earth when He walked this earth. He went through a lot of the same battles that we are going through today. He battled Satan daily. He battled man daily because of who he was, his faith in God. You know, people didn't want to believe he was our Messiah. They didn't want to believe he was the Son of God. They didn't want to believe he was the one God sent to take care of their sins. But that did not stop Jesus from claiming who he was, proving who who he was. You know, I don't really understand how a lot of people could, could doubt Jesus. I don't understand it today. When we see all the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that Jesus did when he walked here on this earth, how can you deny being raised from the dead? Lepers being healed. You know, that was something right there, leprosy. That was one of the most dreaded diseases in the Bible because most time they believed that leprosy was put upon that person by God himself for a terrible sin that person had committed and God had put leprosy upon them. And they believed that God was the only one that could heal leprosy. Jesus healed leprosy. So that tells me they should have believed that he was God. Because that was their thinking. Only God can heal them. But Jesus did a mighty work, opening blind eyes, causing the lame to walk, opening deaf ears. There was not any miracle that Jesus did not do. From raising them from the dead to causing the lame to walk again. Jesus, and he said, and, and he came and and when they come before, if there was a scripture that said, and he healed them all. He healed them all. All that come before him, all that had faith, all who would believe. Said, and he healed them all. People knew, who, people knew about Jesus. We see a lot of it in the stories. Blind Barnabas. They said he had just heard Jesus was walking by and he started hollering out to him, Lord, Lord, Master, Son of David. And they said as Jesus walked by, he said all of a sudden he just stopped and called for Bartimaeus to come forward and asked him, what is it I can do for you? And, you know, and this whole time people were sitting there, as Bartimaeus was hollering out, Lord, my, they said, be quiet, be quiet. That's what people are telling the Christian today. Be quiet, be quiet. We don't need to be quiet. We need to holler louder for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, and Jesus is still working signs, miracles, and wonders today according, just like then, according to your faith. What did Jesus tell people when he had healed them? Go 
and let it be according to your faith. If you believe in me and that I have that power to heal you and you believe you're healed, you're healed. And it said that, that many, many were healed. I've seen people here in this church healed of things. No, Jesus is still healing today. Jesus is still doing signs, miracles, and wonders if we'll just have faith and believe. You know, they say, well, you know, miracles, they're not here anymore. They're not what they used to be. You know, miracles were only done by God. And God is still on the throne, and he is still working miracles today. I've talked to people, that, that, and I love to hear their testimonies. That's what I told you I think it was last Sunday. If God has done something in your life, he had worked a miracle, he has did a healing, whatever he's done, please tell somebody. Stand up. Give a testimony. Let people know what God has done in your life, that God is still on the throne, and God is still answering prayer. Too many of us are failing to go to God in prayer. We want to go to the neighbor or somebody else, but we don't go to God. And finally, it gets to that point, you say, well, nothing else has worked. I guess I have to go pray. That should have been the first thing we did, not the last thing. But God is still on the throne. He's still working miracles, and above all, he is still forgiving sin today. You know, that first drop of blood that Jesus shed on that cross is still just as powerful today as it was the day that first drop fell. It has not lost its power. What's that song? For the blood has not lost its power. The blood is still one of the most powerful things there is. And, uh, but I want to get here with Peter just a minute. And uh, Peter was a bold disciple. I'd say he was more boisterous than the other disciples. He was kind of arrogant, really, is what the Bible says, or, or commentaries, that he was kind of conceited. He had a, Peter had a big ego. He thought that he was probably stronger and better than the other disciples. But I want to get into something right here. It said, and here in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 34, Jesus is talking to Peter. The name is Simon. Simon Peter. But uh, he says, <clears throat> And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has a desire to have you or he has a desire to come to you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, y'all know what sifting of wheat is? That's when they would get out there and they would take these big pitchforks and they'd get in that wheat and they'd pitch it up there into the wind. The wind would blow all the chaff and the worthless stuff out and the seed, the wheat, would fall to the ground. It was a thorough cleaning. Well, that's what Satan wanted to do. He wanted to give... Peter, a thorough going through. And uh, it says here, and, Peter, and this is Jesus talking, he says, But Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail, and when you are converted, strengthen your brother. And Peter 
then said unto Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And I actually believe Peter thought that. I actually believe Peter thought he would actually, Lord, if something comes against you, I'll be right there and I'll even go to prison with you. I'll die with you if I have to. And Peter thought he would. Peter thought he was a lot stronger than what he actually was. Some of us think we're actually stronger than what we really are. Have you ever been sifted like wheat? Have you ever really had the devil get a hold of you and shake you until you couldn't walk? I'm going to tell you what, there's some people in here that have. And you know what I'm talking about. Because you are a servant of God and Satan don't like that. He don't want you serving on almighty Jesus. He don't even want to hear anything about Jesus. He wants to bring you down so far that you will speak against Jesus, just like Peter. He brought Peter down so low. He brought Peter down so low. And then after Peter said, hey, I'll go to prison with you. I'll die to you. Now look what Jesus says to Peter. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you shall deny me three times. You shall not deny me three times that you even know me. Can you imagine look on Peter's face? Me deny you? Well, Lord, I would never deny you. Can you imagine? Jesus just sat there and probably shook his hand and said, Peter, Peter, if you only knew what you were fixing to face, if you only knew what you were fixing to go through, Peter had no idea what he was going to face. He, was going to, he had no idea how his faith was going to be tested. You know, and to me it's like a warning like this from Jesus should have startled Peter. It should have been, wait a minute, Lord, you mean that I'm really going to go through all this stuff? It should have caused Peter to lose some of that ego and to get more humble. Lord, Lord, is this really going to happen? Are you going to be with me? Are you going to walk with me? Are you going to keep me strong? But Peter didn't do that. Peter didn't do that. And it's just like he said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He was still holding on to those words. Peter's boasting, like I said a while ago, that revealed his ego. He thought he was more capable and stronger than all the other disciples. He thought he was above them. He thought he had more faith than all the rest of them together. In fact, Peter thought, hey, I'm Peter. I can take care of myself. I don't need anybody. We all need somebody. And that somebody is Jesus Christ. When we go through things, Peter, like I said, Peter does not realize what he was fixing to go through. He does not realize what he was fixing to go through. The trials, the agony. Now the agony was going to come after Peter realized what he had done. You know, Peter was scared. He wasn't even thinking about probably some of the things he said. How many of us have got in a position 
to where you had the chance to give praise and glory to God, but you didn't do it? You say, what will they think? What will they think of me? How will they react? Instead of standing up and saying, I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I count on him. I believe in him. My faith and my trust is in him, and I will walk with him. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of us have ever done that? To let somebody know, I belong to Christ. You know, you could have really influenced somebody. You had an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. But you chose to stay quiet. Maybe you chose to deny Christ. Oh, I don't, oh no, I'm not one of those Christians. Oh, I go to church every now and then. But you know, it really doesn't mean that much to me. I go because I more or less have to go. No, a Christian wants to go to church because they know that's where they need to be. They need to be in church. They need to be in the presence of God. They need the Word of God coming and getting on the inside of them. They need that Word working on them. They need to feel the Christians around them, their faith. They need their support. That's why we all gather together. We are to support each other. We're to be here for each other when something happens. That's what our prayer chain is to pray, to lift you up when you're going through things. My, my, I'm a telephone call away. I will come to you. I will be there. I will pray for you. Anybody in this church will do the same thing. But too many people don't want to ask for help. Poor old Peter. Oh, I can take care of this. I can do it. Come to find out, Peter is going to wish he would have fell on his knees right before Christ and said, don't leave me, be with me, walk with me. That's what Peter's going to feel. Peter did not realize what is fixing to take place in his life. Some of us, when we come to Jesus, we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. What is your thought? Do you think, oh man, I'm a Christian now, everything is going to be so good, no more problems. Your problems have just started because you're going to have an enemy coming against you daily to discourage you, to try to make you leave that one and only Jesus Christ, the one that's got you by the hand, this one that's walking through this life with you, the one that's protecting you, the one that's put his hedge of protection around you. You're actually saying, I can do this for myself. I don't need this Jesus. Peter thought, I can take care of this. I can do it. No problem. And Peter went through an agony that I'll guarantee you, when, it, when this was over, Peter never denied Jesus Christ again because of what he went through. And he knew that that hedge of protection that Jesus Christ has around his people is worth everything. Do you realize if you are, if you are a child of God, and you're serving God, God has got his hedge of protection around you? 
A number of you in here today can verify and testify. Boy, if y'all just knew what I went through and the whole thing I went through, I could feel God's presence. I could feel that hedge of protection around you. And the enemy could not touch me because God would not allow it. Every one of us ought to desire the hedge of protection around us. That God's hand be upon you. That He's walking with you. You know, yeah, Peter thought, boy, I can take care of this. You know, if Peter's enemy, the things coming against him had just been mere men, he might could have done this. But what Peter did not realize is he was going to get into the most spiritual war he had ever been. A spiritual war. He wasn't fighting flesh and blood. He was fighting the enemy. And I'm going to read it to you here in just a minute. But you know, as I was studying, some of the translations said that uh, when Satan came to Jesus, he was demanding that Jesus let him get Peter. He was demanding, Jesus, I demand you, let me show you what I can do to your people if you'll just let me at them. If you'll just let me get to them, I can show you what I will do. He said, if you let me have Peter, I'll show you just how weak he really is, how weak his faith is. But you know something? Satan had to have God's permission before he could attack Peter. That's what he was doing. Will you let me come against Peter? Will you let me have my way with him? Will you let me attack him? Will you let me show you how weak your disciple is? You know, that same thing happened in the book of Job. Same thing. God had come down to meet with men. And while he was in the, here come Satan. God looks, what are you doing here? He said, I've been walking to and fro throughout this earth. And there's a scripture that goes along. I've been walking to and fro throughout this earth, seeking whom I may devour. That's what he was saying. I've been looking for people that I can come against. I've been looking for people to turn them against you. And there was old Job. I think God said, hey, Satan, have you ever considered my man Job? He's righteous. He's upright. He would be faithful. Satan looked at God. Said, God, of course, you've blessed him with all your blessings. You've watched over him. I can't get to Satan because you've got your hedge of protection around him. What I said a while ago, Satan cannot get to you because of God's hedge of protection. But then God said, well, Satan, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift that hedge of protection and I'm going to let you come against Job, my faithful man. 
you know, Satan, here in, in uh, Job chapter 1, verse 11 through 12, look at what happens. Satan is speaking to God. He is saying, put forth your hand now and touch him. And all that he has, everything he has, everything that he owns, and he will curse you to your face. Remove your blessings from him. Take your hedge of protection around him. Let him do a little suffering, and he'll curse you to your face. Now look what God says. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. God is giving Satan the power to come against Job. He said, Job, he said Satan, I'm going to lift my hedge of protection off of Job. You can have your way with him. He said, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. All his family, all his livestock, all his worldly goods, everything is now in your power. And then, but God says something. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. He said, You can do anything, but you cannot take his life. Satan could not take Job's life. You can do anything you want to, but you cannot kill him. You cannot take his life. And Satan did all he could against Jacob. Excuse me, against Job. He took his family. He took his daughters, his sons. He took all of his livestock. Lightning struck the livestock and struck family, killed them all. But Job never cursed God, never came against God. Job's faith stayed certain. Even after all he was going through, his faith remained steadfast. He still believed in God. God was still his God, and he trusted in him. And he says in the, at, the, at the end, he said, and Job came out twice as good as he ever was. He had twice as much as he ever had because he remained faithful to, to God. He had twice the cattle, twice the money, twice the land. He said that God blessed him so tremendously because he did not lose faith in God. He walked with God no matter what he went through. Could we do that? Could we do that? Could we stay with God no matter what you go through? I know that some in here has because they've been through some hardships. They've been through death. They've been through so much. But yet their faith remained in God. And God's blessing. He's still walking with them. He's blessed them more now than before. Do you have faith to walk and stay with God no matter what you go through? That's what God's asking. You know, Scripture tells us that Peter, excuse me, Scripture tells us that Satan succeeded in his assault against Peter. Satan had the victory for the moment. 
By the next morning, Peter had denied knowing Jesus. I said, like we said, I don't know that man. I don't know who he is. I'm not one of his disciples. He said, and he even cursed him. You know, and after Peter realized, Peter became devastated. He knew, I have no hope. There's nothing left. I know God has abandoned me. I know there's nothing else I can do for God. After what I have done, and I was reading in the scripture, and it said, as, as, uh, as Jesus was leaving the room where they held his trial and sentenced him to the cross and all that, it says he walked out the door. He said, poor old Peter was standing there. And Jesus walked right by him. He looked at Peter. He didn't give Peter a dirty look. He said that, that he looked at Peter, and, and Jesus had tears in his eyes. It's like he said, Peter, I am so sorry that you're having to go through what you're going through. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Because I understand. I know what's going on. See, Jesus fought Satan daily. Jesus knows what it's like to come against a powerful enemy. But the thing about it is, no, Satan was never more powerful than Jesus and never will be. But he still had to fight him. He still had to come against him. And Satan would throw everything in the book at Jesus. And Jesus always come out the winner. He will always be the winner. Do you realize who you are serving? You're serving God himself when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're asking God himself to come and dwell in you. And that day that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God does come and dwell in you in the form of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you to guide you, to comfort you, to get, help you get through these battles just on what Peter was going through here. He helps us go through these battles. But you know, Jesus knew Peter was going to fall. And that's one reason I think Peter said, I mean, excuse me, that Jesus said what he did to Peter. Listen. He said, and when, he said, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. But Jesus knew his faith was going to be very weak. But then he said, then Jesus says, and when you return to me. Jesus is already saying, I know you're going to fail, Peter, but I also know you're going to return to me. I'm going to take you back, and I'm going to use you in a way that you cannot even imagine. You're going to be mightier then than you are now. I'm going to use you so strongly. You're going to do so much for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to be known about. You're going to have power that you never thought you'd have. Peter failed. Yes, he did. But Jesus didn't see that as being final. He didn't see that as being final. He said, Peter, I can use you yet. I can use you yet. Look at just one of the ways that, that, that Jesus used Peter. And we all know it. I mean, and it, it's, it's so amazing
In the book of Acts, we see in Peter's ministry that thousands of people would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. His preaching. People would listen. People would take notice. People would hear about Jesus Christ. It said on that day of Pentecost, Peter, very first sermon that he preached, it said over 3,000 people came and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. And that was just the start. That was just not long after after Peter returned. You know, I think some of the things that we could probably learn today after looking here at Peter, even today, every one of us are in a great battle. I'll, I'll lay odds that there is everybody in here is in a battle. You're in a battle with an enemy that wants to destroy you. Why? Because you are a child of God and he wants to destroy you. Peter's not the only believer who has ever been attacked. Many have. And like I say, a number of you in here, you're attacked daily. You've been attacked because of your faith and because of your belief in Jesus. And Paul tells us that we are in a great spiritual battle. Today, we are in a great spiritual battle, even today. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. We fight Satan and his demons daily. Do you realize that some of these demons that you're fighting are your friends? Those that have not accepted Jesus Christ. Those that are still out in this world doing their thing, they don't even think about Jesus. They don't serve Jesus. And they can't understand why you do. And they're coming against you because of your faith and your service to Jesus. You're having to fight your friends. You're having to try to make them understand why Jesus is your Lord and is your Savior. You're going to be in that fight from now on. You're going to be in that fight till Jesus Christ comes back. So you just better get used to it. You better make up your mind who you're going to serve. That's kind of like old Joshua. Serve who you will this day, but make up your mind who you're going to serve. But as far as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I hope that's what you feel. I hope that's your decision because you're going to have to make a decision who you are going to serve. You're going to have to make the decision who is your God. Is it the God, the Almighty Creator, or is it the God of this world? You choose daily who you're going to serve. And we're going to realize that we are no match on our own to go against Satan. You're not strong enough on your own to fight Satan. We do not realize what a powerful demon Satan is. And you talk about a tempter. Satan's probably the greatest tempter that has ever walked on earth. 
Just think about it. If he can tempt a third of the angels to walk away from Almighty God, he can tempt you. And he will try. He will try. Probably every one of you in here at one time or another been tempted by Satan to walk away from God. Let me tell you what I can do for you. Let me tell you what I can give you. Let me tell you how happy I can make you from all the things that I can give you. You know, when he was tempting Jesus, he promised Jesus all kinds of things, and he could have delivered it. But just like Jesus, he said, when, when, when Satan told him, turn these stones into bread, Jesus just looked at him and said, Satan, let me tell you something. Man does not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what we need to be. Quoting what God has said. Because when Jesus quoted what God has said, Satan left him. Oh, he comes back, but he, lived, he leaves him. No, Satan is very, very powerful. And we should learn that we need Jesus in our battles. Peter figured that out. He needed Jesus in his battle. And the thing about it is, when you belong to God, it's not just your battle. Look here at 2 Chronicles 20.15. I love this. It says, Thus says the Lord unto you, He's talking to you, His people, Be not afraid, be not dismayed, or don't be worried, for by reason of this great multitude that's coming against you, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's God speaking. He said, this battle is not just your battle. It belongs to me, and I will fight for you. And God's never lost a battle yet. God will never lose a battle. So when God's on your side, you might as well say, I've got this one. I've got it won. You know, Peter's problem wasn't that he depended too much on Jesus. His problem was he didn't depend enough on Jesus. Are you depending on Jesus? Are you praying? Are you coming before Jesus? Are you asking him to walk with you daily? to help get you through the things of this world, to get you through all these demons and all this mess that's going on? Or are you going to try to do it on your own? Try to do it on your own, you're going to end up like Peter did. But you invite God in there and he said, and this battle is mine. I'll give you strength. I will walk with you. I will fight these battles on your behalf. I will watch over you. I'll take care of you because you're mine. You're God. You belong to him. You're his child. How much would you fight for your own child? No, no matter what come against him. How hard would you fight that enemy for your child? That's the way God feels. If they come against my child, they are coming against me. 
and I will show them no mercy. And I think the last thing that we can really learn is when we make a failure, when we fail at something, it doesn't have to be final. That's not it. Peter thought, boy, that's it. I failed God. I can never be used again. And we saw after his failure and he come back to Jesus and Jesus brought him back in. He was more powerful, stronger, and did more than he had ever done. He knew the power of his Lord and Savior. He knew the power of God. He knew that God had restored him. And God is still restoring today. God is still restoring us today. You, you mess up. You mess up. The Lord is ready to forgive you. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. They put that scripture in there for us, the ones that make mistakes, so we can see it. If we fail, if we fail, if we make a mistake, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from that mistake and restore us back him. How much clearer can he be? He wants us to know this. He wants us to know he has never left us. He has never forsaken us and he never will. He never will. He's always going to be right by your side. You know, even when we fail God, he's going to take us back. He will let us return. He'll let us start over. We can start brand new with God. It's like you didn't make a mistake. He said, for I shall take all your sins and I shall cast them as far as the east is from the west. I'll never remember them again. I'll never bring them up to you again. You're free. You're clear of all those sins. They don't exist anymore. They're gone. That's something we need to remember. When we come to God and we ask for forgiveness and we mean it in our hearts, He takes those sins. He gets rid of them. They're gone from you forever. He never remembers them again. He has gotten rid of them. So if you mess up, if you have messed up, God's ready to take you back. He wants you back. He wants you to come back. It's kind of like I said last Sunday. You messed up. You say, Lord, could I get a do-over? God says, you sure can, my son. You sure can. Do you need a do-over today? Do you need a stronger walk with God? We have an altar down here. I'm going to ask the band to come up. We have an altar down here that you can come, kneel, and pray at if you want to. I'll be glad to pray with you if you want me to pray with you. If you've got something going on in your life and you just like to have prayer, I'll be glad to anoint you with oil and pray with you. But God wants you back. God wants you back. He doesn't want you roaming around out here in this world. He doesn't want you fighting the demons by yourself. Because he knows you're limited as to what you can do. 
But God is not limited. God can do whatever needs to be done. You know, but God can be limited. You mean God can be limited? Yes. We ourselves can limit God to what he does in our life. We can limit God by not believing, unfaithfulness. But when you are full of faith, you say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done in my life. And hold on, because God's going to change you like you've never been changed before. There's people in here that know that. There's people in here that's strayed ways. They came back. God welcomed them home, wrapped his arms around them, and they've been able to do more than they had ever done before. I'm looking at some of you. That's simply because God loves you. His love will never fail. His love will never leave you. He's always right there every time you say, Lord, I need to talk. Lord, I need to come to you. Come, my child. Does not it say to come boldly before the throne of God? He's going to listen. He knows what's going on, but he wants that time of fellowship with you. He wants you to come. He wants to talk to you. He wants to visit. He wants you to feel his presence. He wants you to know how much he loves you. Give him that opportunity to show you how much he loves you. So if y'all would, if you need to receive Jesus Christ into your life, if you just need to talk to him and ask him to forgive some things maybe going on in your life, or if you just need prayer, I'll be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you. Anoint you with oil if you need it. So you know what you need.